0: Politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The conservative review with Daniel Horowitz.
1: And welcome back, fellow American patriots and Minutemen, standing at the ready to guard anew our life, our liberty, our property, and to fight for what matters. If that is your goal, this is your place. Daniel Horowitz, CR Podcast, back here for a brand new week. Monday, the 19th of September, and happy belated Constitution Day, or what is left of it. That was two days ago over the weekend. But it's important today as so many people, including so-called conservatives, are just glued to their TVs obsessively watching the royal monarch. I I never understood that. I thought we got away from that. I don't understand why it's something to celebrate. You know, she was a nice woman. She died. Um, There's a lot of even more accomplished people who die, and no one cares. Um, I just don't get it but then again maybe people have it in them this innate desire to be ruled I really wonder if subtly people want to be ruled and um, that's really the catch call for today we don't have a royal family but we treat either the president or often the federal courts as a monarch. And we think no matter what they do, wow, there's nothing we can do about it. I don't know. We just have to kind of like win an election and get them out. But then uh, the federal courts are unelected anyway. So if they do something, there's nothing we can do. No, the Constitution is ours. It's of no man's private interpretation. As Abraham Lincoln said, we, the people, are the rightful masters of both Congress and the courts not to overthrow the Constitution, but to overthrow the men who pervert the Constitution. That's what we need to be thinking about. And today, the tyranny is the federal government. That is our monarch. And our only chance to fight back is to really do what they did during the lead up to the revolution, which is the nascent colonies got together with their respective legislatures and they interposed against the tyranny. 13 colonies. And it was really only a few of them that led it. And this is what needs to happen. So, we're going to talk about today how easily, if we were truly united in our cause, instead of distracted like this phony conservative media always is, we could grind the federal tyranny to a halt, lay the federal government on its knees. There's nothing they could do to stop us if we would take the issues of our time. And we're going to talk about the federal tyranny, the IRS. FBI with a special guest coming up later in the show. But first, we're going to start off with immigration, illegal immigration, how states could put an end to this. But then again, that's only if people want their freedom of self-governance. Do they want some greater authority, perhaps even a monarch, based on their reactions? It's a little bit bizarre. But again, we will, we will talk about all this coming up first Unlike our government, federal government today, where there's only a downside and no upside, what about downloading the Upside app, which literally has no downside? Obviously, with the price of food and fuel really hurting everyday Americans, and food is insane, I've started, I've been saving a ton of money. Download the Upside app, and you they're affiliated with a number of grocery stores, restaurants and gas stations in your area. You register, you check in, and then you upload the receipt and guess what? You get massive amounts of cash back, often like 40-50 cents per gallon back, much more than you get, you know, on the typical 1% on your credit card. So to get started, download the free app app Upside, that's U P S I D E wherever you download your apps, use my promo code CONSERVATIVE and get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. So right away you get that. And then once you check in, every time you want to use, you know, I don't know, a grocery store or a supermarket chain in your area, a Shell gas station or whatever, um, you click on it, you go and fill up, and guess what? You can get your cash back anytime, either through your bank account, PayPal, eGift, Um, You just work it out on the app. They have a 4.8-star rating from so many people, and I would love to add that to myself. My wife and I use it as well. So download the free Upside app and use promo code CONSERVATIVE to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Again, that's $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more using promo code CONSERVATIVE. So the most important phrase, I believe... That remains in the Constitution as we celebrate, you know, this Constitution Day, a little bit belated, is Article 6, Section 2. This Constitution and the laws of the United States, which shall be made in pursuance thereof, in pursuance thereof, shall be the supreme law of the land. But what if they're not made in the pursuance thereof of the Constitution? By you promoting the federal policy, and they're talking about laws, most of what's promoted now are are edicts, they're not even laws passed by Congress, but this is talking about even if Congress passed it, and it is not pursuant to the Constitution, you're like, well, Daniel, there's nothing the states can do, the people can do, you have to just win another federal election, hope the courts side with you, you do not believe in the Constitution, because you're upholding the subversiveness, the subverting of the Constitution, this notion that we have to uh, just take well, Daniel, not there's nothing we can do. You can't. You can't just take the law into your own hands. States have an obligation to push back against acts of the federal government that are not in pursuance thereof. Okay. It is that simple. It is that simple. And let me discuss how this works with immigration. So first off, I just want to say a lot of people, as always, are focusing on the wrong things when it comes to Martha's Vineyard. Oh, look at the Democrat hypocrisy. You see these rich liberals. They didn't really want it. And that's all true. That's fine. I don't mind that talking point. But Democrats harness talking points to achieve policy outcomes, whereas the conservative media just likes to observe political outcomes to achieve talking points as an end to itself. So what are you going to do with it? The lesson that we need to be broadcasting from Martha's Vineyard is that a bunch of them got together and said, look, we don't believe we have enough resources on the island to take care of these people. And therefore, we are going to call in the National Guard of Massachusetts and ship them off to a military base. In other words, they deported them. In other words, they didn't have them flood their hospitals and join their schools and, and fill up their jails. They got rid of them. We were told for so long, we've been fighting this in the courts and everything. We've been told that even the federal government, much less the states, they have to contend with illegal aliens. That basically you could break into the country, unilaterally assert jurisdiction, assert domicile say this is where I am and Plyler Doe in 1982 the Supreme Court said you have to give them a K-12 education and now it's just gone on and on they could drop a baby and they're, they're a citizen against your will they're counted in the census against your will and dis, uh, 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 just completely distort your reapportionment your representation in Congress stolen sovereignty social transformation without representation. We were told that there's nothing you can do about that. And yet, they were able to say, "Look, I mean, they're not residents, they're not legally here in the country. We don't believe we have enough resources." Now, they're all like, "Oh, we have so much compassion and, you know, they had some photo ops, you know, giving them food, but the reality is that they didn't keep them there more than a day or two. The lesson we need to learn is the red states should say How much more so all these areas, some of them very poor, that are flooded, not just for a one-time flow of 50, but thousands upon thousands, day after day after day, filling up their resources, or in the border towns, passing through the ranches. You know, people don't realize we've done shows before with border ranchers, these people at Martha's Vineyard could never envision what it's like to have people cut your fences and... Ruin, drain your wells. It could take weeks to get that water flow back. Um, they they can never relate to that. Um, there there is so much that you know the the bailouts of the drug running around the border towns, and and when I say border towns, it's often almost a hundred miles in. It's not right at the border. So where is the forward looking agenda upon? conservative media everyone's talking about the Martha's Vineyard thing which is good it proved the point but now do something with it and therefore we are going to call upon the states to assert article 1 section 10 declare this an invasion and do just like Massachusetts did call up your national guards and you know I think they should create respective state guards as well and coordinate together to remove illegal aliens and I guarantee you over time, either they'll stop coming completely to the country or they'll go to California instead of Texas. Remember, Texas is the more direct route in terms of the smuggling routes up te- up, uh, you know, through the northern Mexican territory. It's a lot easier to go through Texas. But if they made it clear, you know, we're going to return them right at the border, guess what? Guess what? They'll be forced to either go to California or not come here at all. That's the broader point hey, you guys want them, go have them. But it can't just be busing a few people here and there to Chicago, to D.C., to Martha's Vineyard, to Kamala Harris's home, whatever it is. It's a good point. But use the point to harness a policy outcome. This is what's always missing in the conservative media sphere. They love the icing. They don't have a cake. They love the harmony. They don't have a melody. You have to have a foundation. It's nice to have talking points to buttress a certain policy, a certain outcome, a certain goal you're trying to achieve, but you need to have that goal. Obviously, this alone, sending a handful of the 2 million people who came over this year, 2 million apprehensions, over 500,000 gotaways, and that's just for the first 10 months. It's a little bit weird that we don't have the August data yet from CBP even though it's already September 19th. Usually they get it, you know, like a week into the next month. So you add two months to that, I mean, we're going to be well over 2 million. What's happening to those people? Well, they're in our communities. And I want to to go over a little bit the effect of illegal immigration on the communities that we've never talked about, Even Republicans, it was always a zero-sum game of how much compassion you could have for illegals, never about your responsibility to Americans. And the Martha's Vineyard story where they're like, look, we just don't have the resources that proved the point, but not just an acute talking point of how hypocritical the limousine liberals are, but what we should be doing in the red states. What are you going to do about it? Now, first, our sponsor today, Patriot Mobile, America's only Christian conservative mobile phone provider. Um, look, you know, not only are you supporting those who hate you if you continue with T-Mobile and Verizon, um, they're also spying on you too. Okay, T-Mobile said blatantly that they read your text messages. Um, they're gonna they're gonna cooperate with the government when they start hunting down people like you and me. So that is why Patriot Mobile makes it easy. You could switch to them, keep your number, use the same carriers. You don't lose any quality service, and in fact, you get better service because when you go to patriotmobile.com/cr or particularly call nine seven two patriot, you'll always get an American on the phone line. I always had this issue with Verizon when we had uh, Verizon for our service. It was like you always have issues, and something goes down. You need to. You have a question about your service. And you can't understand a word they're saying. They're all all from India. Um, So this is an American-based customer service team. Use offer code CR to get free activation. And again... Um, They actually donate to Sanctity of Life, Religious Freedom, Second Amendment, unlike the cartel. So go to patriotmobile.com slash CR, patriotmobile.com slash CR, or call 972-PATRIOT to join our movement today. Make the switch. And if you're a veteran or first responder, they actually appreciate you and have a special discount just for you. So I want to just talk about this a little bit. Um, I looked up and I found that there are 165 students in the Martha's Vineyard Public School. Now, it's not a lot because most people there probably don't live there all year round. Um, did you know that in the state of Arizona, and this was as of a quite a while ago, last decade, I don't know if there's updated data, it was estimated that as many as 11% of all school children. In the state of Arizona, we're not talking about one locality. In the state, have at least one parent who is in the country illegally. That's how saturated the state is. Okay? And you can imagine if that's the statewide average, you're going to have localities where it's much more pronounced. According to a study by the Federation for Immigration Reform, again, this is about 10 years old. It probably only got worse. The total education, medical, and incarceration costs in Arizona due to legal immigration are $2.6 billion a year. And that's for the entire state. And you can imagine, a lot of those localities, a city like Yuma, is very poor. Martha's Vineyard, they're like, oh, we don't have the resources. Well, Yuma, I can't tell you how many times the local officials, the sheriff, uh, my buddy Leon Wilmot there would tell me How you often had scenarios where Americans had to wait online at the ER because they're flooded. They were flooded. Their ERs were flooded, and we were paying for the rope to hang ourselves. So they would flood the ERs and often giving birth. And then that kid was wrongly, and I write about this in my book, Stolen Sovereignty, uh, wrongly deemed as Americans against our will so they can come and vote us out. Literally, Stolen Sovereignty. And, and and Republicans for years joined in on that. There was always this small minority, like 10% of Republican elected officials railed against illegal immigration. They were fine with it. And by the way, to this day, they're fine with it. Okay? And the Center for Immigration Studies, they estimate that just the cost of the growth of illegal immigration under Biden just in about a year and a half... The lifetime cost, net cost of caring for those people, just that trunch of illegal immigration will be $100 lifetime cost. These are the points that need to be made. So if they could say, look, I mean, we, we love you guys, we care about you, but we just don't have the resources. Why can't the red states do that and ship them off, all of them off to California or Mexico, which increasingly is the same thing? So, this is what people forget. People forget the severity of the cost. You know, what's what's fascinating about the medical stuff, we were told that there was nothing a city or state government couldn't do under the guise of police powers to control a pandemic for public health. Up until and including... Forget about banning foreigners. They literally put bans on other states, if you remember that, March, April 2020. And that's against Section 4, or Article 4 of the Articles of Confederation. Certainly it's in the Constitution, incorporated in in, uh, Article 4 of the Constitution as well. But that dated back as far as the Articles of Confederation. You, You know, even when states were able to regulate interstate commerce, they couldn't regulate interstate travel of Americans. If you're an American, you're American even before the Constitution. And yet we were told that the the goal of, of not burdening the hospitals was so high that there was nothing that couldn't be done. We could forcibly mask you. We could forcibly shut down your business and church. We could shut down the schools. We could destroy physical, mental health of everyone for a generation. We literally cut our heads off. And the goal, the stated goal was to alleviate the pressure on the hospitals. You have no rights. Americans have no rights. You have no right to beer, no right to travel, no right to open your business. And we didn't even have to provide evidence that what we're doing works and is not harmful to your health. And to this day, the courts will tell you they could still do that. Okay, now they're kind of running away from it. They, you know, they know this fatigue, so they're going to move on to the next thing, which will either be the next virus or more likely food and fuel version of it. But the point is, legally, we are told that the Jacobson federal opinion from 1905, Massachusetts v. Jacobson, is the controlling opinion, and that somehow I don't agree with it. It, it, it's a erroneous ruling of Jacobson, and Jacobson itself has been overruled a million times, but they believe, and even Republican judges, that states could do that. Yet somehow, when you have foreign nationals invading in mass, during a pandemic, by the way, brought by the most dangerous cartels and gangs and drug, drug runners, that you can't If for no other reason, for public health, say, look, they're going to burden our hospitals. It's funny. It was the funniest thing for me because I, those of you who listened to me before COVID, you know, we've really tripled in size. So a lot of you never heard, you know, our other issues that we talked about. But I did a lot of very specific detailed reporting on what goes on at the border. And this, you know, before COVID, you had these guys come in with scabies, um, chicken pox, And then really during the flu season, it was always very, very big. They'd come in with respiratory viruses. And the border hospitals in Yuma, in El Centro, in um, El Paso, and then Del Rio, places like that, they were flooded. That's all you had in their ERs. Plus giving birth to Americans. I mean, they're not Americans, but our legal system, Congress never approved it. And it's not in the 14th Amendment, but they think it is. Birthright citizenship anchor babies. And there's nothing you can do about it. We were told you could have a pregnant illegal alien standing three inches from the border and be like, ha ha ha, I'm gonna drop the baby right here. There's nothing prospectively you can do. You don't have control over your own country. It says governance by the consent of the governed in the Declaration of Independence, but you don't. We could unilaterally assert our will against the the wishes of the people of that society now suddenly, no, Martha's Vineyard, they're like, hey, no, we can't handle it. It's not, it's not going to work out for anyone. Let's move them somewhere else. Why can't the red states do this? The answer is, of course they can. They just won't. I mean, you, you want to understand just the severity of illegal immigration. The severity of illegal immigration. I mean, you can't even begin to quantify the crime, the drugs, the gangs. It's everywhere. Completely everywhere. And no one cares. And Republicans who are bought out by cheap labor, labor they never bothered asserting that. Okay? Um, you know, John Lott, I don't know if... Uh, all of you know of him, but if you don't, you should. He's very famous. Um, great researcher on crime and guns. And he did a report a couple years back on tr- trying to quantify the rate of criminality of illegal aliens in Arizona. Okay? And he did this by analyzing the state incarcerated population from 1985 to 2017. And here's what he found. Based on the numbers he found that illegal immigrants in Arizona are at least 142% more likely to be convicted of a crime. And these are not just you might think, "Oh, well, cuz they're caught here illegally, so it's an immigration crime." No. They're more likely to be convicted of serious violent crimes. 163% more likely to be convicted of first degree murder 168% more likely to be convicted of second degree murder and 189% more likely to be convicted of manslaughter also lots data confirms what some of us see anecdotally every day but is ignored by the national media that illegals in Arizona are more likely to commit sexual offenses against minors, sexual assault drunk driving kidnapping and armed robbery okay so there you have it. He, he, he said something very interesting in the study. If you would extrapolate for the, for the nation, so if you, would, if you would take the rates he was seeing in Arizona and extrapolate that for the national population, in 2016, illegal aliens would have been responsible for over 1,000 murders, 5,200 rapes, 8,900 robberies, 25,300 aggravated assaults, and 26,900 burglaries. He found that illegal immigrant criminals are 45.4% more likely to have been gang members, which is obvious, and that they are 133% more likely to receive sentencing enhancements for being classified as dangerous, and they tend to be released from prison at a younger age, despite more serious crimes because they initially go to jail at a younger age. Okay? So... This is what we've been crying about. I mean, I've been writing about it and screaming about this for 17 years. And others have been doing it a lot longer, since the 90s. After the first amnesty implemented in the late 80s, early 90s, and immediately the next wave began as a result of it. And it fell on deaf ears. And we had to spend the last 17 years, 20 years... Forget about going on offense and fixing the illegal immigration problem, but downright preventing, preventing the Republicans from joining in more amnesty. And all that time, that bipartisan consensus incentivized what we're seeing today in the last number of years where the numbers are just off the charts and it's a totally new level altogether. At the end of the day, the federal government has a responsibility Secure Fence Act of 2006 requires them to achieve 100% operational control of the border, which is defined as the prevention of all unlawful entries, including entries by terrorists, other unlawful aliens, which is just anyone, instruments of terrorism, narcotics, and other contraband. They don't do that. States have a responsibility to get up there. Imagine if every governor would have statistics from his own state and do what I just did, Crime, medicine, schools—imagine how easy it would be to say we're invoking Article One, Section Ten to repel the invasion or coordinating our national guards, just like Martha's Vineyard did. You have your talking point, you have your example. Now do something with it. You know, people forget we talk about Massachusetts, but ironically, um, in 1700 they passed a law—the you know when it was a colony and they had a charter. lot of people forget they're like oh the federal government didn't really start regulating immigration until the late 1800s yeah but the states dealt with it before then okay and even during the colonial times they made it clear that you can't come and be a public charge so massachusetts actually passed a law in 1700 they updated it a couple other times 1720s 1750s 60s i read about it a little bit in my book Um, can't believe it's been that long since I wrote that book. Wrote it like seven years ago. Came out six years ago. And here we are. It's ten times worse than it was then. But anyway, their law denied admission to those deemed a public charge. And they forced the ships to transport the inadmissible aliens on their own dime. You had to bring them back. They charged them. So, if anything... DeSantis should be charging the sanctuary cities to take their, the people they invited in, and they did invite them in. Remember, more than border security, the border is nonsense. The wall is nonsense. I don't want to hear about that anymore. That's yesterday's issue. The wall means nothing if the federal agents are going to bring them in from behind the wall, which they do. Um, it's, it's, the, it's the incentives. If you say you're not going to have any benefits here, you're going to be treated as illegal. If we catch you, we're going to remove you. They won't come. If you say that Americans will be sued for discrimination for not servicing you and you have to give them all the bennies and big corporations work to, with slave labor to get them the jobs, then they're going to come. So why haven't the states stepped up? And remember, Ron DeSantis is not just about a photo op. He, he, he has said publicly and on this show he would do exactly this, have a return to Mexico policy if other governors would work with him, but they won't. And that, by the way, includes Greg Abbott. Greg Abbott is only the photo op. And the, and the reason is the same reason they won't f- fight the homosexual agenda, the same reason they won't fight the biomedical state, the same reason they won't fight Agenda 2030 and actually support, they actually support green en- energy, like we talked about last week with the Oklahoma governor, the same reason they bought into criminal justice to form, the same reason they're into refugee resettlement, the same reason Republicans quietly support the left on every issue and then it gets back to big business which has become communist it was manipulated by government for years to the point where we don't have free enterprise anymore and that's just an arm of government and really more so the 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 global movement that they have and at the end of the day they want cheap labor so On the surface, it might appear that every Republican is railing against the border, but if you listen carefully, they don't like the border chaos, but they still support amnesty. To this day, you know, um, Idaho Senator Mike Crapo and the Idaho congressman from the eastern part of the state, Mike Simpson, are strongly pushing H.R. 1603 which will basically, it grants amnesty to any illegal alien in the country who just has a claim to have worked at least part-time for agriculture and it creates an unlimited agriculture guest worker program for the future to bring in millions of low-skilled workers. They never factor in the cultural and fiscal costs. So they want to pay these guys slave labor so then they could be a burden on on Americans and drive down wages. It permanently tethers green cards for people coming in on these H-2 visas to the condition of working in agriculture for 10 years. That's indentured labor. Do you know in the 1800s, they banned contract labor for immigration. They wanted immigrants to be, like, idealistic. You're not a public charge. You're coming because you want to be free and productive, and you love America. Not because of contract labor, because they didn't want to create this permanent underclass, and it was this whole big problem in California you know, in, in the 1880s and that's how you had all these Chinese exclusion acts because you had the backlash from the public against it um, and they kind of took it out just on, on a class of race of people But 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 they were designed to fail because they brought them in as an underclass and that's kind of what they're doing with a lot of You know, Hispanics that, you know, they they get people to almost view them, oh, like getting a Hispanic to do this. That's why you find Joe Biden making all these racist comments all the time. But that's not how it should be. They created an underclass. There's no reason for that. And again, you know, there's a dirty little secret. I've done a series on this before that you have a lot of parts of rural America that are becoming, you know, Becoming like the urban areas in the sense that you bring in the drunk driving, the sexual assaults, the drug trafficking. They work on the farms in the day and they bring problems with them. So this bill has 13 Republican co-sponsors. They're still pushing it. So at its core, that's why we can't have nice things. It's not because, oh my gosh, there's nothing we can do, Daniel. Biden's in charge. Oh, we don't have the House. No, you have half the states. You can end this tomorrow. You don't want to do it. The Florida governor put this well during his speech to the National Conservatism Conference. He said, corporatism is not the same as free enterprise. Too many Republicans have viewed limited government to basically mean whatever is best for corporate America is how we want to do the economy. And My view is obviously free enterprise is the best economic system. We talked about immigration, he says, "So the issue is, how does immigration serve the people of the United States and the national interest?" And that's the thing. Immigration needs to benefit the whole of the people. Immigration is no different than other policies, you know, regulatory tax subsidies, things like you don't you don't have parochial policies. It's you 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 govern down the middle, you do things that are in concert with the Constitution that are good for the whole of the people. There's no, well, the merchants want this, the farmers want this. It's good for the whole of the people. And immigration is the same thing. You don't have, like even when they talk about high-skilled immigration, it's not really high-skilled. It's just that they have a college degree as opposed to the slave labor, but they do the same thing to high-skilled as they do to low-skilled. They just bring in an accountant or a computer programmer who they could pay 45,000 instead of 65,000 or whatever. On a salaried basis, the same thing you do with the wages on the farm. But it's done at the behest of the corporations. It's, done for, it's not done for the whole of the people. It'll be good for the culture, society, cohesiveness. That's what it needs to, needs to be. And immigration was kind of like vaccines before vaccines were. Where it was like, oh, immigration's great. Vaccines are great. Well, what type? I mean, you got to look at the details. Can't have this categorical nostalgia. Um, and it could turn very harmful. I I would argue immigration is very much like a vaccine. That you're taking a foreign matter injecting it into the body that's very potent, really messes with the immune system. And you gotta really work that hard to make it work good. And it's the same thing with immigration. The right amount, the right type, over the right period of time for the right reasons could could enhance the society. But, you know, you gotta <laughs> You got to be careful with that. And certainly we haven't been since the 1960s. And it's remade the country on net, certainly for the worse. But I just wanted you guys to understand how easy it is to end this all. Now, one quick thing I just wanted to go through when we talk about how people want a a king, a monarch. There's an amazing piece put out by the World Economic Forum. Um, The article is titled My Carbon. And they want to. They talk about psychologically how to convince people to adopt personal carbon allowance programs, which is the new lockdown. Okay. And there's a very powerful line here. There were numerous examples globally of maintaining social distancing, wearing masks, mass vaccination, and acceptance of con- contact tracing applications for public health, which demonstrated the core of individual social responsibility. COVID-19 was the test of social responsibility. A huge number of unimaginable restrictions for public health were adopted by billions of citizens across the world. So like I told you, even if COVID ends tomorrow, even if tomorrow the Republicans finally you know, have the balls to say you know, no more military mandates and health healthcare mandates, A, they're not enshrining in the future that this can never happen again, which is what we're calling for legally in all the states to put in their constitutions. But also, this was the dry run, and they're saying it openly. They're like, oh my gosh, we never realized that almost everyone in the world would so easily roll over and adopt such draconian restrictions. Boy, this bodes well for our plan. They call it, um, they call, uh they call on this conformity of, you know, reducing your your carbon. Confor- conformity would encourage be encouraged through technology, including artificial intelligence, digitization, and smart home devices. And we already know that with these thermostats that have been around for a long time already, they'll just shut off on you, and you're done. Okay? If anything, you know, energy is something that we don't like grow in our backyard. So we rely on the government really for it ultimately. So it's even easier for them to do an energy lockdown. What is our answer to this? They, they, they're they calling their shot. They're telling you they're going to do it. They're already partially doing it. They already created the impetus with Ukraine that that that, you know, it, it was growing before them, but Ukraine was kind of the, lombardi equivalent if you get the analogy of covid to energy food and fuel and they're doing it and like i told you this idea of a state compact to fight back against illegal immigration you could do it on energy as well now there's one more area where we can do this and need to do it many more areas but one that's of vital importance and that leads me to our next guest So, folks, it's been almost two months since we had that raid on mar lago where my colleagues promised that this was a new beginning. This was a line that could never be crossed, and it was, and we were hoping that that would serve as an impetus for action. Okay, well, you recognize we literally have federal law enforcement that is acting in a way that really was the nightmare scenario of our founders creating a federal government that had this much authority would target political opponents just because, just because we don't like you. Um, And back then they barely had any federal law enforcement. Now the SWAT team of the department of education is more powerful than the military was back there. So certainly you add on all of the DHS agencies and the FBI And now 86,000 IRS agents, and that is a greater threat to our liberty than anything external. I mean, they are open that we are terrorists. They keep saying it. They say it in all of their DHS briefings with sheriffs. I I have reports from sheriffs that attend these briefings. It's not just kind of a talking point in one bulletin. It is something that they consistently believe in. Uh, we had that FBI whistleblower talking about how they literally don't have enough um, supply for their demand of white supremacism that they're trying to find in every nook and cranny of you know conservative political activism. And they're now subpoenaing and searching, a legal search and seizure, one after another, of people just tied to President Trump. So what are we going to do about it? Uh, well, vote Republican. Okay, well, what's that going to do? Well, we'll hold some hearings. Okay, um, well, what's that going to do? And as we noted, states could basically neuter this, expose it very easily, take a lesson out of what the sanctuary cities did with ICE, and that actually legitimately is a federal purview because, you know, they violate the sovereignty of the whole of the Union, they're foreign nationals coming in. That is legitimate federal um, purview. But nonetheless, they successfully gummed up the works. So certainly to protect American civil liberties, shouldn't states be doing this? And I'm not hearing anyone two months later talk about this, but one person actually did. And we mentioned him before. This is very, very exciting. Um, Jimmy Patronus, uh, a lot of states that you're in, you have a comptroller, someone who runs the Revenue Department, Treasury of the state. Sometimes it's an elected position. Sometimes it's not in Florida, the chief financial officer is an elected position. Jimmy Petronas was elected after being appointed before 2018. He was elected to a full term in 2018. Previously served in the Florida State House and on the Florida Public Service Commission. So he's very familiar with the mechanics of state authority, um, the tools that states have to push back in a time like today. And he actually has a four-point plan to states pushing back against the IRS, which I think could be applied possibly to other agencies as well, and we're so excited to hear straight from the horse's mouth. Uh, Jimmy, thanks so much for joining us for the first time here at Blaze Media.
0: Thanks, Daniel. It's an honor to be here with you. You know, it's it's so funny that whole as you talked on the raid on Mar-a-Lago, and uh, to me, nothing in Washington happens by accident. Um, you know, there's 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 definitely there's only so much news of the news day. And you know, Washington has got a spending problem. They don't have a revenue problem. And I'm thinking, you know, Pelosi's done in November, Schumer's done in November, and you know, they know that this is about to be the home stretch of the election cycle. So they just passed this ridiculous CHIPS Act. And now on top of it, they they passed the Inflation Reduction Act, which does as much for reducing inflation as the Affordable Care Act did for making health care affordable. So a trillion dollars of new spending, but you know, they they had to get they had to get their spending fixes in. So I'm just convinced, you know, the raid took place at the same time they passed this hot, ridiculous mess of a bill. I know they started getting some pressure on the IRS once it left the Senate. And I think if they had stripped the IRS piece out, which there was a lot of pressure to do, they knew that they wouldn't they wouldn't have time to make it happen. So um, very problematic. This is this is a piece of legislation nobody asked for. You know, our children and our children's children will be paying for it. So yeah, we we got we got fed up in Florida. We've got some we've got a, an obligation to fight for our state, and we should you know from time to time flex our muscle with our state's rights. So we we came up with a a four point plan, which at least will be the foundation of us trying to force more transparency when we are interfacing with our federal government.
1: So I see in your plan the all the underpinnings of what Madison discussed in Federalist 46. It starts off with an information warfare. So one of the things I noticed that the feds are often able to do is they're able to come in and immediately point to the illegal behavior of those that they don't like or the alleged illegal behavior. And, you know, they 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 already lost their sympathy. Kind of like January 6th. Like, none of us support violence. So, oh, my gosh, Acted violent. Go hang them. Oh, and then slowly drip, drip, drip. It comes out that, wait a minute, there was a lot going on before that. There is something more going on here. The women <coughs> kidnapping. There's a lot <coughs> that the feds are up to. So you have a, you have a plan to kind of get out ahead of the information warfare so we don't have, oh, this guy cheated, so you know, cheated the government in a billion dollars of taxes, where you could proactively prove early on and, and really disseminate this information, whoa, wait a minute, the feds are specifically targeting people that don't agree with this administration's politics. How would a state do that, and what sort of tools would you harness?
0: Well, and I think it's important to know that we saw it happen with the Tea Party groups, and then eventually the IRS did disclose that Tea Party groups were targeted, and then eventually people lost their jobs over it. But, you know, they don't lose their jobs. They just land somewhere else in in the bureaucracy. But the four points that we pushed forward is – in Florida, we do have state chartered banks. These are banks that, that the Florida cabinet does license to the Office of Financial Regulation. So we are instructing those state chartered banks to create a transparency website. So we will be able to create a report whenever there is IRS engagement. We will document it. And look, you know, I, a, a, a preacher from New Zealand years ago told me, he said, you know, the best way to stop greed is with transparency. So, you know, we will create a transparency website where those bank engagements are being reported. And then, you know what, there could be, you know, actually some members of Congress that sit on the committee who have oversight over the IRS who actually would be interested in knowing what type of activity is taking place on behalf of one of their federal agencies. Uh, we're also going to pre- produce an incentive for Floridians to fight back the IRS. So we will make them financially whole if discrimination is proved, kind of like a, a legal defense fund. Uh, we're also going to propose... Uh, that we create anti discrimination provisions under state licensed debt collectors. So, you know, here's kind of a challenge. I, I really wanted to figure out guys, find me a lane where we can enforce licensure with these IRS agents. 87,000 new agents, even if 1% of them has a political agenda, at 870 how can 87,000, how can't 1% of them have a political agenda? It's going to happen. We're human, things push our buttons. So you know we we've got this 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 insulation between us and actually the licensure. I'm not done with that yet, but I'm saying you know what, the IRS can't do anything on their own anyway. They're going to have to uh, have contracts with Florida-based contractors to do this. So then we will then go after the debt collectors or whomever is doing the bidding at IRS, who then must be Florida licensed. And then lastly, we're going to establish criminal penalties when discrimination is is proven when they're targeting Floridians again 87,000 1% of those could potentially be politically motivated and when they get out of line then we're going to pop them with criminal charges
1: so obviously everyone's going to ask oh my gosh the you know federal workers are always immune to such lawsuits how are you going to Push that in this case. How are you gonna get by the federal courts? Have you thought that provision through a little bit, or is it just like, look, we're gonna do what's right, and they'll take it to court?
0: So a, a, a couple of angles here. One, um, going to court is 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 a is a is almost kind of a real solution in itself. Um, I think there's always a lane where the madness in Washington. Uh, if it doesn't stop, and you've got to find a way to bring it to the forefront, by you know, being able to have this platform with you on the podcast is 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 incredible because we're constantly beating the drum. And you know, I'm 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 hoping for you know a, a massive change in Washington with the point of, of making change. Look, look, I, I can't change what's in the White House right now. I wish it was different, but at least you know a new Congress. Can stop the madness of what they're proposing. And look, Washington has got a spending problem. It really does. They're investing eighty billion dollars of new money in order to go out and harvest two hundred billion dollars in new money. Uh, this is this is all that that is 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 being invested in order to fund at least in their minds this this inflation reduction act, which is nothing more than a new spending bill on passed by Congress. Who is disconnected from the people in our country? It's it's just it's a sad day in Washington. It really is.
1: Now they're trying to give the IRS obviously more uh, physical muscle and almost make them like law enforcement agents. But but the bigger players are you know the DHS agencies, the marshals. Obviously, the FBI is the king of that. Do you believe any aspects of your plan? could be applied for the fbi because the the fbi is what really scares me um you know i used to end off the show by you know blessing god bless all of our border agents and i would throw in the fbi there i mean we were always Mm -hmm. for Mm -hmm. law enforcement and we we started seeing i mean are, are our eyes playing tricks on us what is going on here that they will literally go after people prima facie for political reasons um, obviously we're seeing the raids in the middle of the night on people that really aren't even alleged to have committed a crime. Um, you know, and then when it comes to the real terrorist attacks, they, they never seem to be, uh, be there to avert them. So obviously we all have major issues with the FBI. Is there a way, and because and, you, know, you, you served in the state legislature, where the legislature can get together and say, look, if we see that prima facie, the fbi is engaging in operations to target people for their political beliefs meaning that is the underlying thing it's not like okay you committed you know bank fraud across the country or you know uh, violent crime but the, there's no real underlying crime we're seeing that a lot with um january 6 you know where you're you're seeing massive raise for people that even if you would believe the allegations at best, it would be misdemeanor trespassing that we never, you talk about discrimination, you know, you have certain technicalities of the law, but we never enforce mm-hmm. them that way in any other context. Is there a way the state could gum up the works with that?
0: Uh, I, 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 I do think so. I'll give you kind of a different example. Um, so in the case of the state of Florida, you know, our own Florida Marine Patrol is who basically is is, is really kind of in state waters is the border security. But anything out really out past that, the enforcement arm of it, yeah, you do have Homeland Security. It's got a, a got a footprint, but not like our own state law enforcement agencies. So there's an expectation that there are because there's sometimes there's pass through dollars that a lot of enforcement of federal laws is going to take place by state officers. So I remember I was in the legislature when we were doing with the last budget crisis and the foreclosure crisis. The state's looking for finding money everywhere. And so some of the stuff becomes a pass through uh, request by the federal government. And but sometimes it takes Florida statute in order to execute these new needs in order to collect these new funds. Uh, well, so I, I, I picked a fight on one of the issues, and it was it was it was actually so it's kind of funny in the state of Florida. If you want to fish from shore, there's no license required. So so there was a uh, an engagement that the feds were wanting to monitor the encounter data of federally monitored species. That's like deep water fish, red snapper, grouper, stuff like that. So they wanted to create this brand new license. So anybody who puts a line in the water would have to own a license. And I, and I, called, I called baloney. I said, no. I said I said, I'm not going to allow this to be the case. So, you know, I fought it and fought it and fought it. And finally, I changed the law, and it was going to the floor, and we were not going to move forward with this license. It's amazing. At the ninth hour, you know, supposedly the federal government called and said, okay, you know what, uh, we, we, we're going to walk this back, and we'll go back to the drawing board and find a new way to get the data. So, I mean, I, I still I mean, I feel like sometimes, you know, part of, of the, the solution is just fighting back yes. and say, no, enough's enough. I'm not going to continue with your madness. And, you know, what? sometimes the bureaucrats, they cave. They really do. So, I mean, I just you know, that's yep. why, you know, I, I think strong legislatures, strong governors. You know, I'm so grateful Governor DeSantis has led the way he has. But, you know, it's it's a march. It's not a sprint. We had, you know, Governor Scott prior to that, who paid down ten billion dollars in debt. Who, who, additionally, in paying ten billion dollars in debt, he cut taxes by ten billion dollars. We had the same as this past year. vetoed three billion dollars. I mean, so more and more, the state of Florida is saying enough's enough with how the federal government is doing business. In the state of Florida, we're going to look out for our people.
1: Now, one of the things I've noticed, and I really want to get your perspective. As, as the chief financial officer, you've been in the legislature. I've been pushing. This has been my national anthem, as you well know, that Republicans control half the states, many of them lock, stock, and barrel. And yet you look at the policies, and it they don't reflect that. I mean, these may as well be Democrat states. Um, and you can go on and on with all the departments. You know, your state's the only one that has a Department of Health that believes in health and science. All 49 others, including <laughs> every, other, every other Republican one. And I can tell you, with that exception, they are still bought into the Pfizerocracy and everything Fauci is doing. They're the same thing. And even, even to this day, they haven't learned their lesson. You go through all those southern states, the Great Plains, they're the same thing. And and the biggest reason I've noticed from talking to people in the, in the legislature why red states aren't really red and they why they don't assert their authority the way the blue states do I mean because let's face it if we ever had you know Trump get reelected or your governor somehow get you know be, become president we know that there's ten to fifteen blue states would be like we're just not doing this I mean and they'll they'll teach you what federalism really looks like but when when it, when the shoes on the other foot they don't do it and the biggest reason is money that they're just you know the federal Mm -hmm. government has a printing press they rely upon the feds for everything everything comes with grants whether it's education but certainly with health do you feel that in florida you're now in the full position to be autonomous in the way that you could you know when you see harmful and certainly uh unconstitutional policies coming down from the federal government, you'll be like, screw that. We don't care. We're willing to lose grant funding to stand on principle.
0: Well, and I think that's what you saw in my opinion with a little bit of the push with the, it was a little pushback, but it had a monumental effect, at least on the debate on the immigration issue. When, when DeSantis, um, you know, I, I had to sign a check to send 50 illegal immigrants to Martha's Vineyard. Um, you know, that's going to put a strain on our relationship with the federal government. But the federal government has, you know, the inmates are running the institution. The teleprompter is di- dictating everything this administration is causing, causing as, uh, as going forward plans and suggestions. So, you know, I think, you know, from time to time, you've got to have, you know, a leader in your state who's willing to, to roll the dice based on good factual data. And that's exactly what the standards did with COVID. You know, you'd, you'd walk into the guy's office, and his desk is, is a busy desk. There is a lot going on on his desk. But he does all of his own homework. He does all yes. of his own research. And if he gets to the point where the CDC says no mask, and if the governor you know, has found 60 to 70 percent of, of evidentiary data that says that masks are ineffective, then he's going to say, the heck with masks. And that's exactly what he has done, and that's the way he's carried himself since he's been governor over the last four years. So, you know, I think, you know, it takes it takes governors. They got to get they got to get past the money. They got to get past the 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 wanting to be pleasers. And sometimes they got to show their their colleagues, I guess, they're the legislature. I'm willing to take a hit. And that's what it, this has done. The has shown that I can take a hit and I will hit back that's the same thing we have with Trump. Trump would take a hit and then he'd hit you back twice as hard.
1: You know, final point here. I know you have a hard out here. Um. You know, one of the things that always helps is that the people don't feel like they're alone. That the feds could terrorize them. I, I'm literally scared that the FBI is going to knock on my door one day. I mean, they're saying that people yeah. who say what I'm yeah. saying is insurrection. It's it's a t- terrorism, and they're 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 uh, an inch away from doing that. But to know that at least the doctrine of lowest magistrate, the the sheriff, the county government, the state government, they have your back. So mm-hmm. talk about the power of establishing the civil liability trust fund to actually help legally offer legal help to people in trouble with the feds for basically not agreeing with them politically.
0: Yes. I mean, there, there are those critics that will, that will say, Oh, this is this, this, this is not good use of taxpayer dollars. Well, again, we're going to go float this idea through the legislature. I've already had members of the legislature call me and say, Jimmy, can I run this bill? So there is an appetite to see mm. this happen. And if the legislature appropriates it, then you know what? The money's going to be there. If the money's going to be there, then we're going to make it available for exactly that, helping make people whole when they want to to challenge what they feel is irregular, inconsistent, you know, parse prosecution by their own state agency or federal agency. This case would be a federal agency. But again, I tell people all the time, Daniel, hold us accountable Every, every guy that's on or every gal that's on the ballot this year, by God, if you don't hold them accountable, then you get the government you deserve. And I mean, hold them accountable is, is how do I contact you? What's your cell phone number? I think it's great when I mean I get my cell phone number out all the time. And you know what? If you need me, you call me, you know, it, it, it's as simple as that. And, uh, you know, that's, that's the way I roll in my office. I grew up in the restaurant business. Restaurant business is real competitive. If I don't take care of the customer, another restaurant will. I tell my people in my office, you're going to take care of the customer, either the constituent of the state of Florida, or I'm going to find somebody else that will. So I'm not going to tolerate somebody being incompetent or hiding from a constituent when they've got a real need. So, again, this election is is more important than most we've had in a long time, but it's up to us to hold our uh, electors accountable.
1: You, you know, you, you talk about pleasing customers and competition. Well, I, I got two family members who just moved down to Florida, um, away from the northeast nice. Nice. and it's obviously happening everywhere uh, j- quick out you know as you head out the door here just wondering do you guys feel like in the long run you have enough revenue to deal with the infrastructure issues of this great uh refugee crisis
0: oh 900 people a day are moving to the state of florida and here's a couple cool factoids billion in new annual income moved to the state of Florida last year. That's $23 billion of families with their jobs or businesses moving to the state of Florida. So so that's $23 billion of new income that is here now recurring. It's going to happen forever until they leave again. Uh, In the case of California, they lost $18 billion. So money and their investments and their ability to make money have been moving to the state of Florida. And yeah, it's, uh, it's a little intimidating sometimes on a uh, on a Friday afternoon <laughs> on some of our roads, but you know what? Uh, we're, we're we're glad and welcome them to this, the free state of Florida. Oh, by the way, as of from now from November 2020 to now, we have got over 300 thousand more registered Democrat Republicans than Democrats. In the case of November 2020, there was more Democrats than Republicans. So the ones we're getting are, are registering Republican, and thank you for doing that.
1: Well, keep up the good work and definitely keep us informed on your work with the legislature because I think what you're pushing is not just the key to the IRS, but the key to deterring um, all federal tyranny and not just in Florida, but really all of these states. And you don't need to wait for a federal trifecta to do this. You, know, you guys have it in Florida. They have it in you know 20 other states. Um, great plan again. At Jimmy Patronus on Twitter is where to follow your work. You're running for re-election. I don't think you really have too many issues with that. Um, not much competition, but people could check out your campaign website as well. Uh, behind the governor is a is a list of other great state leaders, and you're certainly one of them. We look forward to having you back again.
0: No, thank you so much, and it really, just a real honor to be able to join you on the show today. And thank you for what you do to keep this fight real him alive god bless you take care god bless
1: and again jimmy patronus spelled p-a-t-r-o-n-i-s he is one of the statewide elected officials chief financial officer um runs the office of um financial regulation so he's kind of like the treasurer of the state and i think he's also technically the fire marshal too i don't know if it comes with the position or it's separate uh, but it's a it really fascinating individual, and it's surprising that I haven't heard of him until last month, and he's not anywhere else, but watch for him in the future because this is what we need. A guy like that elected statewide working with the legislature, what could we do to interpose, protect the people's civil liberties, offer them legal help, put out information to embarrass the federal government, and start you know going after them, making them get a license Uh, to operate within the state, refuse to share information with state and local law enforcement, Uh, establish penalties for any federal official operating in the state that violates anti-discrimination laws. These are the things we need to think about. Obviously, he's a financial guy. He's focused on the IRS. But I think this could be done for the FBI, which is an even bigger problem just because of their muscle and resources. Uh, But this is where it's at. This is where it's at. If you had people like that in every other state we would have a different country. We don't. Almost every statewide elected official in almost every other red state is in on this. They're stewards of of, of the corporate cartel. Um, so it's not good for business to you know, shake up the system like this and propose such ideas. Uh, and this is why we're going to spotlight those who actually do this properly. So this is a new name to look for. Jimmy Patronus are again, running for re-election as CFO. He won't have... Won't have a hard time, given the clowns running statewide on the Democrat side. Um, But again, there's a lot more that could be done, and we need to prepare for a blockbuster legislative session in Florida. That's what we need to be pushing. Uh, You can't take it for granted. I'm much more concerned with that then what's going to happen in Congress? If Republicans take back the House, there's going to be so much excitement. The bottom line is they're not going to do anything. The bottom line is only the budget bills matter. We're going to fight them, but the reality is they're going to give in. They're, they're not going to want to have a government shutdown. What are you going to do in the half of the states that you already control? And I wanted to just give you a little bit of a smattering with with immigration with pushing back against IRS targeting. There is so much that a state can be done, and I really think we need to do this on energy as well as public health. Folks, the lesson of Martha's Vineyard, getting back to that. If the locals and the local officials are in concert and act in concert and agree to a certain point, it's very hard for external forces to force it upon them. And the bottom line is, despite their virtue signaling, they didn't want the illegals there. They got them out of there within a day. And we could be doing that on illegal immigration and many other issues in the states. The problem is the Republican Party doesn't share our values because the conservative movement is a fraud and doesn't hold them accountable. And think of new strategies to get better people elected, to hold them accountable after they're elected. This is what Conservative Review is all about: reviewing what matters and the way it matters at the time it matters. So again, you could follow us at C19TruthBombs on Telegram. Daniel Harowitz at StartMail.com is the email till tomorrow. God bless y'all, and thank you for listening.